Welcome to Great American Things, a reminder of all the people, places, and events we know and love about this country. Now here's the host of our podcast, Robin Chalkley. Woodstock. The name alone evokes images of peace, love, and a generation of young people seeking change. In 1969, a music festival was held in upstate New York that would come to define a cultural revolution. And it featured some of the greatest music of the era. No wonder Woodstock is a great American thing. About a half million people made the journey to Max Yasger's dairy farm for the three-day festival hailed as an Aquarian experience. Three days of peace and music. At a time of the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement, the event proved to be a time of unity for a generation in turmoil. The music lineup was a who's who of the greatest rock stars of the era. A total of 32 artists performed, headlined by Santana, Janis Joplin, Sly and the Family Stone, The Grateful Dead, CCR, The Who, Jefferson Airplane, Joe Cocker, The Band, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and Jimi Hendrix. Shanana also played there, but I guess they needed some comic relief considering the circumstances. Woodstock was the brainchild of four men, all aged 27 or younger, who did a much better job of arranging talent than most other concerns. There was virtually no security, with maybe a dozen police officers to control the massive crowd. The tickets were supposed to be $18 in advance and $24 at the gate. Think $1969. Three days before the event, the construction foreman told the promoters that they had two choices. One, build fences and ticket booths so they wouldn't lose a fortune. Or two, build a stage so the concert crowd would have a concert. As a result, most people paid no admission fee. Attendance was anticipated to be around 50000 but good luck with that. The men lost a fortune. But it turned out all right thanks to their ownership of the music and film rights. The Woodstock movie was a smash hit and won the Academy Award for documentary. And the circumstances were far from ideal. The roads of rural New York weren't able to handle the traffic, so people abandoned their cars and walked to the concert. Rain turned the site into a sea of mud. Now, I don't even want to think about the number of drugs on the property. And there was a lack of minor things. You know, food, water, sanitation. There could have been violence in such a situation. But maybe those drugs helped out here. Who knows? Peace prevailed. Rolling Stone magazine named Woodstock as number 19 of the 50 moments that changed the history of rock and roll. And in 2017, the site was listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Max Yasger, owner of the property, said this to the crowd. The important thing that you've proven to the world is that a half a million kids, and I call you kids because I have children that are older than you are, a half million young people can get together and have three days of fun and music and have nothing but fun and music. And I, well, God bless you for it. Woodstock was a symbol of a generation seeking change. It was a great American thing.
Walt Disney did not actually invent the field of animation, though it certainly seems like it. He brought the country some of its most memorable movies, and then turned his creativity to television and theme parks. We all know and love his creations, watched his shows, visited his magical towns. No wonder we all agree that this entrepreneur is a great American thing. Walt's talent at drawing was evident early in his life, and he thought he would become an editorial cartoonist. But World War I interrupted his plans, in which he drove an ambulance for the American Red Cross in France and Germany. Following the war, Walt moved to Los Angeles with the idea of becoming a cinematographer. Still, he, his brother Roy, and another animator named Bub Iwerks were creating small animated shorts, many for advertising use. Then, the first talkie, the jazz singer, was released. The team had a character they created, a little mouse called Mickey, and they wrote a film for him with voices and music. Steamboat Willie was a sensation, and Walt provided the voice of Mickey until 1947. Recognizing the popularity of Mickey Mouse, Walt created other talking animals, including Donald Duck, Pluto, and Goofy. His next big movie was the full-length feature Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, proving the ability of animated films to be full-length features. I like to do lists, and here's a list of some of the wonderful movies made while Walt headed his studio. Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, Lady and the Tramp, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, and The Jungle Book. But Walt Disney Productions was by this time a major studio, and in addition to animation, it made live-action films. Many of these were very popular. Old Yeller, The Absent-Minded Professor, Parent Trap, and its biggest hit, Mary Poppins. Disney was an early fan of television, keeping kids happy with Zorro, Davy Crockett, and the Mickey Mouse Club. Walt visited a local theme park with his children and began to think of how he could create his own magical kingdom. He sent representatives to every park in the country, learning what to copy and what to avoid. He was also influenced by the beauty and cleanliness of Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen. Construction of Disneyland in Anaheim, California began in 1954, and the park opened in 1955. Now, of course, it would take that long just to get the construction plans approved. Clearly, Walt Disney was a big thinker. He developed ski resorts, World's Fair exhibits, the opening and closing of the Winter Olympics. But his biggest dream was to create a mammoth family center near Orlando to be called Walt Disney World. It would make Disneyland look like a neighborhood project by comparison. Most important to Walt was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot. Here's what he said about it. It will take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies that are now emerging from the creative centers of American industry. It will be a community of tomorrow that will never be completed, but will always be introducing and testing and demonstrating new materials and systems. And Epcot will always be a showcase to the world for the ingenuity and imagination of American free enterprise. I don't want to talk about what the Disney Corporation has become. 
If anyone is turning in his grave now, it's Walt Disney. But his imagination, creativity, and love of this country made Walt Disney an easy choice as a great American thing. Join us in our next episode when we'll reminisce about a great TV show and examine a great beach for the summer. Thanks for listening. To comment on today's podcast, send an email to gatpodcast at gmail.com. That's gatpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us at Great American Things. Mm-hmm.